Holy Hour of Power, Terry and Jesse show. This is the month of December. This is dedicated to the Immaculate Conception. Man. And the first 24 days of December fall during the liturgical season known as Advent and are represented by the liturgical colors of purple, which is a symbol of penance, mortification, and a contrite heart. The remaining days of December mark the beginning of the Christmas season. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for his birth. The liturgical colors will change to white or gold, which is a symbol of joy, purity, and innocence, which represents Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and the baby from Bethlehem. Terry, I'm reporting for duty. What about you? I'm reporting for duty, Jesse, and I'm so excited. And we live in a time of scandal, right, inside the church, our government. How do we keep our eyes focused on Jesus? I got a couple stories that are going to help do just that because we're going to be actually dealing with some of the scandals. As a matter of fact, we're going to name names of all the bishops, priests, cardinals who have been persecuted from within the Catholic Church. But you know what? I'll give you a story right now. Bishop Strickland is on that list. You know what he's doing for two weeks? He's in a silent retreat praying, wow. asking God to give what him a... direction to evangelize people, to help them bring them closer to Jesus. What see, a holy man. Yeah, but you see, Jesse, that's the attitude you have to have, and it's hard to do. So these are, I think, modern-day saints are living in our church, Jess, and we don't even know who they are. Oh, I agree. You yeah, know? you're right. I, oh, I know. So. I know some of them are. Yeah, I do, too. I run into them, man. <laughs> yeah. I want to be with those kind of people, okay? Yeah. All right, and then we're going to talk about a great saint in, in uh, 2016 in Pakistan who gave his life up uh, for Christ. It's a beautiful testimony. But we're also going to be talking about America. Yeah, and this is kind of interesting, Jesse. Uh, Bill Murr, Mayor, he says he agrees with Trump. I can't believe those two agree on anything, okay? Yeah. But one thing they do agree on is that the schools in the, in the America are teaching kids to hate America. So we're going to see that and much, much more. Uh, also, Jesse, I didn't realize this, but maybe 30 years ago, Father Juan Rivas, a good friend of our shows, yes. Legionnaire of Christ. Uh, uh, another guy who's been... <laughs> yeah, he's on the list, yeah. But this was back in 1986, he took my Bishop Sheen's Life is Worth Living and came to my house for about three months and recorded all of the Bishop, wow. Strick, Bishop Sheen's tapes from English to Spanish and then read them and then made a delivery, which is good. So I have 25 hours of Spanish catechesis, Jesse, and I know you deal a lot with Spanish people. I think we need to make this a known because I was digging through the archives. I said, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That needs to get out. So if you want to get a copy of 25 hours of Fulton Sheen's material read by Father Juan Rivas, uh, call us at 877-526-2151. Hey, Jess, uh, I want to also mention to our listeners, this is the end of the year. You're welcome to make donations to us for year-end donations at the this couple more weeks and we're out we're in the new year. So keep that in mind. You can call us at 877-526-2151. Uh, Jess, uh, my good-to-know file is really just filled with storytelling, so I'm going to get to that later. How about yourself? You got any good, to new, good news? Uh, actually, I should say need-to-know file. Yeah, need-to-know file is a House Committee report. Uh, once again, just reaffirms that the FBI was targeting Catholics. I read that, yeah. Yeah, the FBI well, interviewed I mean, a, a priest mm -hmm. and a parish choir director mm -hmm before compiling its anti-Catholic Richmond memo earlier this year, according to a Monday report from House lawmakers. So the FBI yep. abused its counterterrorism, which is actually devised for Islam yep. after 9-11, but they've, they've abused their counterterrorism tools to target Catholic Americans 
as potential domestic terrorists, i.e. those that go to the Latin mass and those that are pro-life. <laughs> Just the facts, Jesse. I know. The <laughs> choir director. Hey, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing to subvert America? <laughs> well, we sing songs, God bless America. What? Don't do that. Okay, go ahead, Jess. Yeah, that, that's it, Terry. Let's. Uh... Okay, well, let's move to, to the soul food, which is, I think, the most important part of the Terry and Jesse show is the good news of Jesus Christ in spite of scandal. Let's get some of that in, Jess. Uh, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Today's holy, go- today's holy Gospel, Luke chapter 10, verses 21 to 24. Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I give you praise, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. For although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to the childlike. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone who, who, to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Turning to the disciples in private, he said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I say to you, many prophets and kings d- desire to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So what's, what's our Lord talking about here? You don't have to be an intellectual. You don't have to be uh, rich and powerful to know the secrets of God, which, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the mysteries of God. In fact, the gospel of Jesus Christ seems to make sense and appeal more and is embraced more by the simple, the pious, the reverent, the childlike, the docile. Uh, I'll give you an example mm-hmm. in today's gospel. Okay, It's the childlike, and I'm not talking about childness. Yes. Yeah, no. I'm talking about childlike docility. In other words, you're not full of yourself. I'll give you an example of people that live a life rich and famous, important earth movers, but they miss the gospel because they never entered into that childlike docility with God the Father because they were full of themselves. Yep. Henry Kissinger just died. Yep. He was 100 years old. This man was one of the most influential men on planet Earth in the last couple of decades. He influenced presidents. He influenced policy. He influenced wars. He was a big depopulation guy. That's right. Well, guess what? He was also a Jew, part of the Old Testament covenant people of God. And that's obsolete now. It's obsolete, those covenants. And so uh, Henry Kissinger from all appearances, he never embraced the Jewish Messiah, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was probably rich. I'm sure he was. He was probably highly educated. He was very influential on both sides of the aisle. And guess what? Jesus Christ today in today's gospel, he says that that he 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 reveals himself to the little ones. Yep. There's a lot of people, Terry, that are, I mean, the, the Klaus Schwab, Yuval Harari, Henry Kissinger, the high, those men that go to the Bohemian Grove. Heck, yeah. I was there. I was not too far away this week, and when I was in uh, speaking in Santa Rosa, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and guess what? Those high and mighty men that consecrate themselves to Satan on Sunday nights after a two and a half week retreat, those men have missed the gospel, the simplicity of the gospel. They don't embrace a childlike docility towards God the Father. And guess what? Um, 
it's not going to, it's, 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 they're probably going to experience global warming <laughs> if they died rejecting Jesus Christ. That's all I have to say. Well said, Jesse. And, you know, I want to bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton. Oh, I preface this because, as you know, Jess and our listeners, we have hundreds of funerals here at our Sacred Heart Chapel. And I think of this woman last night. I've got one going on this morning. Last night, a 45-year-old woman, three weeks ago, was doing fine. She had problems with her arm. It was turning colors, and she could hardly move it. When they opened her up, she was full of cancer. She died three weeks later. Wow. My point is, she was prepared. Now, I've got a neighbor. He comes to me, and he says, Terry, uh, he said, my heart's only working 10% of the time. Uh, I'm dying, and there's nothing they can do. I said, well, get the confession. Make your, you know, peace with God. You're fortunate. You're. He said, yeah, not everybody can do that, right? I said, yeah. Right. I said, you're... So, you know, we're in that business, Jesse, of saving souls, but it's not Literally. us. It's God who yeah. uses us, but you ask people to do that. So here's the line from Bishop Sheen, the quotable Sheen, about adversity. He says, some people never look up until they're flat on their backs. They never think of God mm. until they are face to face with some disaster. A great deal of rust requires a sharp file. Hmm. Many a person would never think upon the meaning in life unless sickness had detached him from his great love of the foibles of this life. And my neighbor friend, I've known him for 11 years. I've lived next door to him. He you know, wasn't, let's just say, living the uh, model life. But you know what? People were praying for him. I was praying for him. And here he is. He, he doesn't know if he has a couple weeks left, and he's making his peace with God. So somebody was praying for him, Jesse. So there you go. Hey, Jess, one more thing. See if I got time. No, I don't. When I come back, I want to tell one more story about how scandal has affected the church. But I'll give one more quick story, and that is this. You probably heard about this young, twenty-one-year-old young man. He was supposed to be the the, the uh, he was a uh, model for you know all kinds of clothing. He was seven. Eduardo Sante. He secured the title of Italy's most handsome man in a pageant organized by a fashion group. Well, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ, Jesse. He's in the seminary. He gave it all up. Mm. In spite of all the mm. scandal that we see in the church today. See, this is why we got to stay focused on introducing people to the person of Christ. When we come back, we're going to talk about these scandals, but we're also going to talk about something this morning that happened here at our chapel of someone, are you ready, who was scandalized by the church, ran out, and uh, we're going to talk about that and much, much more when we come back from the break, I want to also remind everybody, Jess, that, yeah, it is the end of the year. Uh, we appreciate your support financially to helping the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. It is tax deductible. We're a 501c3. You can call 877-526-2151 or go online to vmpr.org. It's a secure website. You can make a donation there. About 75% of what we get is our monthly donors. We have to make up for the 25% by asking people one-time donations. Thank you. We'll be right back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I made a promise, Jess, about yep. a young man. Man, this is a great story. His name is Alahash Bashar. He's a Pakistani young man 
who, believe it or not, folks, Pakistan didn't even come to become a country till like 1948, out of mm. separate from India. And so this would be the first saint of Pakistan. But here's what happened. The young man was born in 1994 in an environment where he heard lots of people dying for the faith because of Islamic, it's an Islamic state. And so they were bringing bombs into Catholic churches and blowing them up. And he had, you know, a lot of persecution going on. So what's, what's an amazing story is his mother, very devout family, uh, said that um, to him, okay, uh, young man, you want to become one of the guards at the Catholic churches to protect people from having Islamic terrorists come in and, and you bomb, you know, bombs, throw up bombs in their, on their back? Then, uh, okay, you're ready to do it. You've prayed, you've said you fast, you did all the things, you prepared for it. So back in uh, 2015, he was doing it for four months, and he was proud to protect the people going into these Catholic churches in Pakistan. Well, on March 15th, he only had been doing the job four months at the 11 a.m. Mass at St. John's Catholic Church. He's doing his job, and he sees a, a, a guy with a bomb wrapped around his, his body, and uh, he's going he's gonna to blow up that bomb in the church. So what does uh, the young man do? He uh, runs over and grabs the guy and gives him a bear hug and says, look, you're not going to drop that bomb into this Catholic church. If you want to blow the bomb up and you up, do it now. I'm willing to die for that. So you're not going in. And unfortunately, the Islamic terrorist, you know, he pulled a button and they both died. It was an explosion. Well, the mother who was aware of this because they blew up another church at the same time, but they got in and killed hundreds of people. Uh, went over to the church where her son was and hoping that her son wasn't involved in this. Well, she found out that her son was just blown to pieces. And rather than saying, oh, I'm so sorry for my son, she praised God. Jesse, this is a man, this is a woman of faith, man. She said, my son is now in heaven. He gave his life up for the salvation of other souls that they wouldn't get killed by this, this terrorist. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I, I'm going to miss my son but I'm happy that he was able to die for the faith because he has going to be in heaven for all eternity. Jesse, I give this story because his cause is up for canonization now. And he would be, at January 31st of 22, he became the first Pakistani Christian to become a candidate for sainthood. So I say this, Jesse, while we're fiddling around with scandal and you know not doing much about spreading the faith, just a couple years ago, there's a young man in Pakistan who said, you know what, I love Jesus Christ so much, I'm willing to lay my life down for my fellow man. So I say, praise God, brother. That's exactly it. What a model for such a time as this. It inspired I mean, me, Jess. You know, it's funny, these people, these Catholics in third world countries, yeah. they're, not, they're not caught up, Terry, with, no. uh, with all the stuff that we're caught up with, uh, you know, latest scandals, social media. No, they're trying to back, survive, dude. Backbiting. Yep division uh they're, yeah they're literally trying to survive day by day yep, loving jesus yeah by loving our lord in in hostile countries yep. communist countries islamic yep. countries yep. uh yeah the, these people i'm telling you i've always said this heaven is going to be filled yes. filled with people from third world countries those uh, from the U.S. and Europe, I yeah, think it's going to be few, it's going to be very few people. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And it makes yeah. sense, Jesse, because yeah. what happens is, let's be honest, when you live in a very comforted world, many times people do not want God because they think they can worship me, myself and I and they don't need God. And that's because they're being fooled by the world, the devil and the flesh. Yeah.
Terry, just wanted we want to just give kind of a little rundown. Yeah, yeah all these, yeah. Of of the last, yeah, the last in the, here in the Catholic Church, Holy Mother Church in the last ten years under our Holy Father Pope Francis, yep. we've seen a lot of good men taken down, a lot of good men taken down, and we're going to give you basically the rundown. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you the rundown. There's an article put out by ComplicitClergy.com. Yep, uh, it's called the Pontificate of Purges. 10 years of defenestrations. That means throwing somebody out of window. That's what defenestration means. So it's not only Bishop Strickland, but there's a long series of bishops removed prematurely by Pope Francis. And this is accelerated in the last year and a half. Strike one to educate a hundred. Each individual case is perplexing, but the total number is shocking. And we're talking about, you know, the defenestrations of bishops, that means throwing out the window, by Pope Francis, which have marked his entire pontificate. The latest egregious case was that of the Bishop of Tyler, Monsignor Joseph Strickland, who after pressure from the nuncio for his voluntary resignation was removed from his diocese without any explanation being given. There's no record of any financial or sexual scandal against uh, Strickland, still less that he was guilty of heresy, which would probably have advanced his career more simply. <laughs> Strickland seems to have committed the crime of uh, repeatedly taking positions not pleasing to the ecclesiastical power. That's a fact. That's a fact. So resistance to vaccines based on fetal yep. cell lines. Yep. Opposition to the blessings of gay couples. That's right. Terrible. Resistance to, <laughs> resistance to traditionis custodis yep. on the Latin mass. Mm-hmm. And then that unforgivable vice of wanting to continue to have numerous seminarians, 21 in training in a diocese of just over 130 baptized and 84 priests. Yeah. A vice that Strickland shares with another bishop caught in the crosshairs, Monsignor Dominic Rey, Bishop of Frejus Tolone, yeah. in whose diocese priestly ordinations have been frozen for over a year and an apostolic visitation is in progress. The solution seems to be on the horizon, according to Jean-Marie Gounod, that it would be an honorable way out, both for Monsignor Ray, who remains in his post, and for his pastoral work. It would be the appointment as a coadjutor of the Diocese of Fréjus Tolone of Monsignor Francois Tuveau, Bishop of Chalons and Champagne, who would flank Monsignor Ray with right of succession a sort of diarchy for the four years separating Ray from the fateful 75 years. Or more realistically, if one thinks of what happened to the Bishop of Albenga Imperia, Monsignor Mario Oliveri, a freezing of the ordinary's bishop's faculties, it's rather difficult to understand how a bishop's full power of jurisdiction over his diocese and the sharing out of his jurisdiction with a coadjutor can stand together. But Strickland and Ray are the latest in a long series that in our recollection had begun with the removal on the 25th of September, 2014 of Bishop of Ciudad del Este, Paraguay, Monsignor Roger Ricardo Livieres Plano, a member of Opus Dei who had refused to resign under pressure from the Holy See. Like Strickland. Several criticisms weighed on him, having taken in a U.S. priest accused of abuse of a boy over, over 18 whose case was later dismissed for lack of evidence 
mismanagement of diocese funds, and then the the great fault of having wanted to erect an independent <laughs> seminary in his own diocese. I shouldn't laugh, but it's funny. I mean, yeah. why would you want to do that? Yeah, so you could see, Terry, that conservative clerics yeah. have been removed under the pontificate of Pope Francis. Retirement of conservative clerics at age 75 are included in this list yeah. due to the fact that the Pope usually asks, usually asking liberal clerics st- to stay on beyond normal retirement age. High-profile priests also included due to the fact the Vatican likely had a hand in the removal. Uh, so here they go. Here's the first one. And this is important. This goes way back to 2014 on the 8th of November. Jessica, hit it. Yeah, okay. Oh, so we're going to go off from the bottom of the page. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Am I going back? I just yeah, they're, yeah, he's they're, top, not in, they're, they're not in They're not in order. He's the, they're in, he's the food they're in, chain. I mean, to me, they're in just, alphabetical order. Yeah, do it. They're in alphabetical order. order. Start, go your way. Bish, Bishop Aguirre. Yeah. Bishop Aguirre from Argentina. Okay. Uh, he was, uh, he was basically put out or retired, uh, in 2018, you know, forcibly retired. Yeah. Next, Terry, who's next? Oh, you go, keep going, Jeff. Father James Altman. Yep. In 2021, he was removed as the pastor of St. James the, the Less in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Yep. Next. Keep going. Archbishop Michel Appetit from France in 2021. There was a forced resignation. Yeah. In 2014, we're going in alphabetical order by their last names. Cardinal Raymond Burke. Yeah. He was a prefect of the Supreme Tribunal of the, the Apostolic Signatura. He was removed in t- 2014 by the Pope. And remember that, Jesse. Right away, he was the head guy for that. And w- that was just recently. The Pope was just made the Pope a couple years, and he took him out. And we saw the writing on the wall. So it's really... The Pope was the Pope for one year. Yeah, for one year. And he takes him out. Next, we have Cardinal Carlo Cafara. Rest in peace. Oh, God bless him. He was removed in 2016 by the Pope from from the John Paul II Institute on Marriage and Family. And can I mention one more point? They dissolved, the Vatican dissolved the Pontifical Council for, for, I I should say for the, excuse me, they dissolved the John Paul II Institute that was promoting so much on life and love and humani vitae, things that were, you know, right spot on, they just dissolved it. And, I mean, the Pope has the power to do it. Is it prudent? I don't think so. Next, we have the forced resignation in 2019 of Bishop Francesco Cavina from Italy. He was the Bishop of Capri. Next, we have uh, the retirement. I mean, when I mean retirement, they turn 75 and the Pope on that, that day of. Yeah. Makes sure that they resign, takes the resignation. Archbishop Charles Chaput, the Archbishop of Philadelphia, he retired in 2000, reached 75 in 2020. Boom, that same day he was retired by the Vatican. Next. Can I, yeah. can I jump in for just a moment? Yeah. Jesse, Chaput had always been named by the Holy Father that is, was way too conservative. That conservative bishop from yeah, Philadelphia. That's how he described him. And one more thing that still pu- puzzles me, and, and that is the nuncio... Archbishop, who's now a cardinal, uh, Pierre, he's a Frenchman. He's the one who gave the meeting with Bishop Strickland. He's 78 years old and being made a cardinal. Why wasn't he forced to retire, Jess? Continue. I know why, because he didn't have the same sentiments that these conservative bishops had. See, this is a double yeah. standard. Well, well, Terry, here's something interesting is the, is the, is the bishop that that took over cardinal or arch that the cardinal burke's position yes, is yeah. 80 years old you know there you go 
but he's a leftist. Yeah, but see, Burke was seventy-five. He he took his resignation that day. You're saying you're gone. Yeah, and he replaced him with an eighty-year-old liberal uh, cardinal. It's just a fact, yes. Yeah. Next, Bishop Giovanni de Orcoli. Yeah. He was uh, 2020. There was a forced resignation uh, that was imposed upon him. He's from Italy. Next, you have from Germany, a rather young bishop, Bishop Tabarts van Elst. He was removed in 2014 by the Pope. Then we have, we'll continue. Yeah, stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We need to be praying for the Pope and for all of our leaders in our church because, you know, we see things in black and white Catholicism. And what we're seeing here is an injustice in the church. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll be back with more yeah. on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess, you're reading a list of prelates that we need to be praying for, but more importantly, yeah. praying for our Pope and the Vatican because so much injustice has gone on. Before you continue on that list, I, I know storytelling gets us, and I had a story this morning uh, here at our chapel, and I'm going to preface this first, Jesse. If I find out that Terry Barber or Jesse Romero isn't going to Mass uh, often as they always do daily, if, he's, if we're not going to confession, you know what I'm going to do, Jess, if I heard that? I'd get in my car. I'd drive out to Phoenix. I wouldn't call you. I'd come see you and say, dude, what's going on? Why? Because when you stop praying, that's when you have problems. So if you don't see me in the, before the Blessed Sacrament this morning for an hour praying or, or going to confession, I, that's when the problems come up. Okay, here's the situation. Scandal. We're talking about it. I'm at church this morning. And we have a mass going on, and after the mass, there's going to be a funeral. And a guy from a flower shop comes into the church. I wasn't there. I had to use the restroom after communion. So I came back in, and one of the parishioners said, Terry, that man came in with his hat on, and our priest told him to get out, yelled at him, said, you can't come in here with a hat on. Get out of here. And the guy said some fancy words back, some bad words back to the uh, priest right at mass. So when I came back in, I said, okay, let me go talk to the guy. So, you know, Jess, you know how big I am, a six-foot-five dude. No, I come out to the guy, and I see the dude, and I say, excuse me. I said, are you the guy that was in with the hat? I said, yeah. He says, let me tell you why you don't wear hats in Catholic churches, because of the Blessed Sacrament. I say, explain to him that Jesus Christ is here, and out of respect for him, we don't wear hats. So if you want to come into the church, dude, take your hat off. You're welcome to come in. He says to me, well, that priest made me feel unwelcome, so I'm not coming in. And I said, well, you know, it's your free will. I invite you in to do your job, but if you can't take your hat off, then you got to stay out. So then I started helping him put the flowers together outside the church and putting them on the stands. I befriend him. Make a long story short, he's my friend now. Now we're talking about his own soul. So now he says to me, Terry, uh, do you know why I took my hat off? And I said, no, because you wanted to come in and do your job. No. He said, because you explained to me why I don't wear a hat. In church, I didn't know that, and you and you were did it in a nice way, and I appreciate that. I said, okay, great. Well, let me just tell you, um, uh, you know, uh, it's because I love you enough to tell you about Jesus Christ. That's why I do it. He says, well, can I tell you one more thing? He said, yeah. I said, you know, I was a Catholic, but when I was a teenager, I wanted to become a Catholic priest. He's telling me a story. 
-hmm. And he goes, and I stopped going, I wanted to be a Catholic priest because of scandal in the church. You see, it's a, it ties into the topic today. Mm -hmm. The young man left his vocation to want to become a priest because of people in the church, the priests, the nuns, they were all living a double life. And we see that right now. So bottom line is I gave him a copy of my book. I gave him my personal phone call, my phone number, uh, befriended him, and I said, look, just read the gospel for me. Do one thing. Read the gospel of Matthew. You know, I, I know sometimes people like to read Mark because it's short, but I'd like people to read the gospel because there's all those parables in there. And so he said, okay, I'll do it. So now here's my point. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that man left the church because of scandal. And, and I want to encourage all of our listeners not to run away from the church because of the scandal we're reading about for the last 10 years. Even this guy who's been away, he says, I don't like your pope, uh, the pope. And I say, why? He says, because he does not teaching uh, the traditional Catholicism. Here's a guy who's not even practicing, and he picked up on that, Jesse. <laughs> See, here's the point. I can't, I said, look, you pray for the pope because you're right. Some of the things he's saying aren't consistent with the perennial teachings of the church. But here's my point. Let's not run away from the church because of scandal. Let's dig deeper in. Like when I was praying before the Blessed Sacrament today at 7 o'clock, before the 8 o'clock Mass, I'm praying for people, the lady that died, this new person that uh, we're burying her right now. The point I'm trying to convey to people is don't run away because of Judas's in the church. Continue, Jess. Amen. We, uh, the next uh, bishop that's been <laughs> removed or yeah. forced to resign was... This was a while back ago, I remember. Bishop Robert Finn from oh, yeah. Kansas City, yeah, St. Joseph, Missouri, Kansas yep, City. Yep. Back in 2015, he was forced to resign. Yep. This is all under Pope Francis's pontificate. And it's either directly by the Pope or his underlings. Next we have in 2023, this is a recent one, Archbishop George Genswine. In 2023, he was removed. He was a German archbishop. He was Pope Benedict XVI's secretary. secretary. For 20 years. Next, we have Archbishop Wolfgang Haas. He retired in 2023, and that very, that very day, his retirement was accepted. He's from Liechtenstein, the Archbishop of Vaduz. Next, we have in the U.S., Bishop Martin Hawley. He's a black Catholic bishop. From I'll bishop never forget of, him getting on bishop, EWTN. I didn't bishop do anything. Of Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In 2018, he was punished he was just, by the Pope. Yeah. Wait. Punished and removed. And he, and he said what he said. I will never forget. He says, nobody told me what I did. They just said, you're done. And see, this is an injustice. You know, it's not just America, Jesse, where <laughs> you're accuser. You should be able to say, okay, Man. what am I being accused of? Give me the facts and let's talk about it. No, he guess he goes. I don't even understand why I'm out because they just said you're no longer the bishop. And, you know that doesn't sound like uh, you know that doesn't sound like an all welcoming church, Jess. All are welcome except these uh, thirty yeah. people here. Yeah. Then you have Bishop Rogelio Ricardo Liviero Splano <coughs> from Paraguay. He was removed in 2014 by the Pope. Yeah. Then you have Archbishop Giacomo Morandi from Italy. <clears throat> in 2022, yeah. he was reassigned. He was he was the former secretary of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. He was reassigned. And, and probably, Jesse probably made a comp paper clips. And you know, Jesse, just to let you know, a lot of these people who have been living double lives in the church, when they get caught, they get unfortunately, promoted. that's right. Thank you. You just took the words out of my mouth. 
Next, Cardinal Gerhard Mueller from Germany. He was removed in 2017 as the prefect for the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith. Yep. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. Yeah. Next, you have Mario, Bishop Mario Oliveri from Italy, 2016. He was forced to resign. Next, you have our friend, Father Frank Pavone, priest for life, Catholic priest here in the U.S. in 2021. He was laicized. I just removed. Next, you got Cardinal George Pell, the Council of Cardinals from Australia in 2018. He was removed. Next, you have Bishop Pedro Daniel Martinez from Argentina, 2020. He was forced to resign. Next, you got Bishop Guido from Italy in 2019. He was uh, part of the Pontifical Commission of Ecclesia Dei on the Latin Mass. They abolished the commission that was started by John Paul II. Abolished. Yep. Next, Next, you got Bishop Dominique Ray from France, 2023. He was removed. Next, you got Cardinal Robert Seurat from Africa, 2021. Holy man, holy man. He was uh, 75 years old. You're gone. That's it. Resignation accepted. All of these names that you're giving have one thing in common. They're all orthodox. I use the word, yeah, fidelity to Jesus Christ's moral teachings. I really mean that. These are guys who would not compromise. And even when pressured from the highest levels of the church, that's what Strickland, he was being pressured to say, you need to go along with this synod that's going on. And he said, no, I can't. My conscience says that they're discussing things that shouldn't be discussed. I have to speak my mind. And what does he get for that? He gets removed. So he was removed in 2022. Bishop Strickland of Tyler. Next, Archbishop Savio Han, Tai Fi from China, 2017. He was removed by the Pope. Next, Bishop Eduardo Maria Tassag from Argentina, 2022. He was forced to resign. And you know what's interesting, Jesse, about the guys from Argentina? When I read a little bit about it, they didn't go get along with um, the Pope when he was the Archbishop in Buenos Aires. And it seems like the vindictiveness of the Holy See right now, and they're coming back when they say, these guys didn't get along. Hey, now I'm in power. You're done. And it's, it's almost like you see this in, in corporate America, but it's the Vatican, man. Yes. And next you've got uh, Bishop Daniel Fernandez from Puerto Rico, 2022. Remember him? He was removed because... <laughs> he Vaccine, didn't want, remember? Because of the poke. Yeah. The poke, Terry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the poke. Next, you got Father Va Treco from the U.S., pastor of Saint of, this, uh, of the Church of St. Bede the Venerable in Minnesota. In 2019, he was excommunicated. Oh, my gosh. Next, we got Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano from Italy, 2016. He was replaced as the papal nuncio to the U.S., and he's in exile now, like St. Athanasius. Yep. Next, we got Father Mark White from the U.S. In 2021, he was removed as a pastor of St. Francis of Assisi in Rocky Mount, uh, Mount Virginia. He fought it, man, for a while. He did. Next, we got, but the, 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 the courts were stacked against him. <laughs> he was. It was like losing the deal. <laughs> Next, you have uh, Cardinal Joseph Zen, Bishop of what Hong Kong, holy Chi- man. China, yeah. 2022. The article says he was thrown to the wolves. 31 people in 10 years, holy men, faithful to the, to the deposit of faith, have been removed and replaced uh, in one way, or laicized in one way or another by Pope Francis. That's the track record, Terry. And again, Jesse, 
What do we do with that? We lift them up in prayer because yes. that's the one thing we can do. Nobody can stop yes. us from our prayer life, okay? Yes. And, and make reparation for these things. Because think of the souls that are not being touched because these men are being removed. And, um, you know, God will bring good out of it. I believe, Jesse, God is going to bring much good out of this. I, actually, I'm going to make a prediction right here. Got a minute. When the next uh, conclave gets together, which probably is going to be pretty soon with the Pope being 87 this month, um, I believe that they're going to look and say, do we need 10, or do we need another Pope that, uh, you know, like Francis? And I would think that they're going to say, absolutely not. Look what's gone on. Look at the disaster that's happened in the church. We need to send the pendulum back to uh, orthodoxy. And, and uh, I think that our cardinals are going to see this. And uh, I pray that they will. Let's, keep, let's pray for that and much, much more. That's my take, and that's how I think good can come from all this. Yeah, the retirements of, of, of clerics is yeah. usually at the age of 75. Right. But if they're leftist, they're allowed to stay beyond the normal age of retirement. But right. if they're orthodox and faithful right. to the deposit of faith, they're removed the day they turn 75. That day. Yep, that's it. Hey, when we come back, uh, what is uh, President Trump and Mer- uh, what's his name? Just, just the guy that... Uh, Bill Maher. Bill Maher and, and President Bush, President Trump. What do they have in common? Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Here's what's interesting, Terry. Tell me, Jess. Bill Maher, who's a man of the left. He sure is. And he's been a man of the left for many years. Oh, and he's got, a big, he's got a big billy pulpit. And he's, he's very profane as well. He really is. I've watched. He, fan, he fancies himself a comedian. Yeah. But he uses that platform to make political commentary every time he's on. Yeah. So he's, he tries to move the needle politically right. by acting like a comedian. Uh, by by moonlighting as a comedian, and this way he can get away with the things that he says because right. it's, it's just comedy, it's satire. Mm-hmm. Well, here's something interesting. Tell me, Bill Maher has been taking the red pill in the rest in the last recent month. <laughs> I've seen that on his show on Friday night. Yeah, he said that he agrees with Donald Trump that schools in America are teaching students to hate their country. He says he he suggested. That this is why we have government staffers who are siding with Hamas over Israel. Right. And uh, that's why uh, one of the guests, longtime Democrat strategist, he's retired now, but they, they bring him, you know, they bring his corpse back in to ask him questions. James Carville, <laughs> he was left squirming when he heard Bill Maher say that he agrees with Trump. You could look at the, the cameras turned over to Carville and you could tell he is like, oh, no, I can't, I can't believe, believe this. I can't believe what he just said. So on last Friday's broadcast of HBO's Real Time, host Bill Maher said that the 2024 Republican presidential candidate, former President Donald Trump, is correct that schools teach kids to hate America. And this is what I see when I see kids demonstrating these progressives demonstrating for Hamas, including White House and Democratic congressional staffers. Bill Maher says that. Oh, good. We're going to give America. Uh, we're going to give America its comeuppance. Uh, and he says some bad words. In other words, he's he's saying he's uh, basically repeating the bad words of these uh, 
millennials sure. that that uh, hate America right. and they, they they're pro Hamas and they hate Israel. It says while discussing things in Trump's platform, Mar said, "quote He says under his administration, his next one, schools will teach students to love their country, not to hate their country, like they're taught now." I've got to say, Bill Maher said, this one doesn't bother me so much because I think that this is what I see when I see kids demonstrating these progressives demonstrating for Hamas, the most illiberal people in the world that, oh, good, we're going to give America its comeuppance. This is the kind this is they kind of have been indoctrinated this way, said Bill Maher. And Senator Chuck Schumer, from Democrat from New York, made a speech this week. He's very liberal. He said, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a Jewish man who's liberal. He's been there for decades. He said, anti-Semitism is a five-alarm a f- a five fire that must be extinguished. Yeah, he won't say anything about anti-Catholicism, but that's another story. Mm-hmm. Moore has repeatedly pushed the false narrative about Trump in reference to Charlottesville, saying, quote, there are good people on both sides, quote, close quote. This time... James Carville was the offender, but guess what? Dave Rubin, who was there on set, he's the first person that I've ever seen on Bill Maher's show to correct this fallacy by stating it properly. He gave the context to what how to how uh, President Bush made that statement. And Bill Maher, he said the following: Members of the White House staff protected against pr- protested against their own president. Hundreds of people in Biden's staff who are publicly going against them because they're not going against Hamas enough. Dave Rubin said, you fire them, period. Uh, Then he said the inmates are running the asylum. So, uh, yeah, Terry, this guy, Dave Rubin, he also called out the homeless encampment outside Bill Maher's Hollywood studio in Burbank right after he called Gavin Newsom a lizard person. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, some of these lefties are they're starting to red up. pill. Yeah, they're yeah, waking Dad, up. Dave, Dave Rubin's definitely woken up. Yeah. Uh, Bill Maher is, is waking up. James Carville, well, he's, he's still a, a mummified uh, leftist. Uh, I don't think he'll wake up until, until his particular judgment. You know, Jesse, thinking about people in general, I've talked to the general public and asked that question. What do you think of the culture right now? And these are people who are not living the Catholic faith. They have no belief in God. And they all say the same thing to me. Something's wrong. Everybody's going crazy. What is it? What is it? And that's when I share with them the gospel. I said, they, you see, I'm going to tell you, it's the kingship of Christ. That's who needs to come back into, we need to have Jesus Christ in our life to be fair. And I'll tell you, it was James Adam who said that the capitalism that we have, the form of government, will not work unless there are moral people. And see, with immorality being dry, look at the grocery stores, Jesse. I, I was at one of the stores the other day, and their, their shelf was cleaned out. And I said, what happened? They said, well, whenever you see the shelf like that cleaned out, it's not because people bought it. A guy comes in and steals it, and they walk out with it. Wow. See, that's my, that's my environment, Jesse. Wow. See, and you see, that's not going to work. I, I have a store right now, a grocery store. They're closing. Why? Too much shrinkage. That's a nice word for stealing. They can't stay in business. <laughs> yeah, they call that shrinkage in the industry. But they don't want. They don't want to call it stealing. Right? It's stealing. It'll, it'll offend people. Yeah. See, and 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 now they can't make a buck. And you see, they stop. And then all the good people, they're not going to be able to get their groceries there. Why? Because and this is happening in major cities across America. So 
I think this is a great opportunity for us to evangelize the world because the world knows something isn't right. They just need to know what is right, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. And Terry, and talking about the edge, because Bill Maher is saying that our education, we need to teach kids how to love the school, not hate. I mean, yes, you think? Hate, hate America, you know, not to hate America, to love America. Exactly. And Bill Maher agreed. He goes, yeah, that, there's a problem in the school. Terry, you know, the, I remember Tell me. There, there's a book by the name of George Orwell. It's called 1984. Of course. It's famous. And, and in that book, yeah. he wrote, quote, Whoever controls the language controls the debate. Yes, he was spot on. Yeah, and the way I would interpret that is uh, in relation to public schools is that yeah. public schools used to be, they used to major on reading, writing, and arithmetic, but now, Terry, they major on recycling, reproductive <laughs> rights, and relativism. Exactly. In they other words, pu public schools are, are the seminaries of the left. Yeah. That's what they are. Yeah. And... The secularization of our culture, it always leads to persecution against the church. Yep. All you got to do is read about the French Revolution. When a society goes right. secular, what happens? They attack the church. Think about the English persecution. When the, the Catholic society goes secular, what happens? They attack the church. Of course. Think about the Cristero Wars. When the society goes secular, yep. what happens? They attack the church. Secularist governments always persecute the Catholic Church. We are the primary target, not Jews, not Muslims, not Protestants, and Protestantism. And uh, th the fact is, is that liberalism it, it has the appearance of a religion. They they try to they they use religious language to couch their terms. But uh, today, unfortunately, let, we'll just be honest: mm -hmm. public schools are seminaries of the left. Oh, yeah. And, and they indoctrinate our Catholic kids against the moral teachings of Holy Mother Church and the Holy Bible. And, and I'll tell you, in my opinion, there are two viable education alternatives that will protect children from, from you know, Marxist sexual indoctrination. Number one, that's private religious schools like, you know, academies, that's Catholic right. academies. Right. Classic education. Yes. And number two, homeschools. Yep. And unfortunately, I'll say this, most, I'm talking about, uh, you know, my tradition, most Hispanic Catholics, they send their, their children to public schools. Yeah. Most Hispanic Catholics, they're ripe, Terry, for the, the Marxist sexual brainwashing because most Hispanic Catholics go to public schools. Jesse, what you just said, I totally 120% agree with what you're just saying there. This is why, especially in California where I reside, you can't send your kids to public schools. It's just you can't. You have to come up with an alternative. And if people are looking, call me in California. I know many good academies, schools, and uh, some of them are actually helpful with your finances if you can't pull it off. Uh, you know, But call me at, I'll give you my cell number, 661 Nine seven two seven eight seven two. You're concerned about your Catholic, your education for your kids. Well, let's see if I can help you find a school that would help. Because the last thing you want to do, the last thing you can't do it, is letting your child go into a public school where they will be marred for life. Yeah, and I'll tell you what else do we have, Terry, in public schools? Well, in public schools, you know, this happened a long time ago, decades. Yeah. They forbade, uh, you know, non-denominational prayer in yeah, homeroom in schools. In the 60s. Yeah, that happened a long time ago, and 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 now you also have, 
uh, drag queen story hours oh, yeah. in public school libraries and in public schools. Mm-hmm. Terry, in some schools, you have Satanist right. offering after school programs right, right in here public in schools. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you you also have California. I remember it. You also have, you know, marijuana dispensaries opening up throughout the country, right across from public schools. Right. Uh, you know, it's uh, in 1980. Also, this is another huge problem that a lot of people don't make the connection. Yeah, what's that? Is that in 1980 the U.S. Supreme Court removed the Ten Commandments from public schools? Unbelievable! Can you imagine? Disaster! Yeah, like. How is the Ten Commandments offensive? It's part of American history. The founding fathers used the Ten Commandments to write the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And and, and finally, Terry, we've known this for decades, is that uh, William Colson and others have told us about it. And the closing, yep, right. That uh, in in 1971, that John Dewey, he was a, a professor from Columbia University, He's the one that gave a speech. He he pitched the whole thing about values clarification. Right. This ideology which started back in 1971. It started to be taught in public schools. And let's just be what you know, people say, so what's values clarification, Jesse? It's a synonym for moral relativism. Since 1971 in the public schools. They've officially embraced a John Dewey values clarification education, which means that every student determines what's right and wrong. So it, it's a system of morality that's based upon the emotions and feelings of every individual student, Terry. Yeah, this is what we're up against. That's why yeah, I tell people, turn your eyes to Jesus Christ. Amen. He's, he's the way, the truth, and life. And I, I say this Amen. because we live in this world of secularism and it's invading your family. We have to, as fathers and mothers... They know, not on my watch. We're not going to do that. And I want to thank all those listeners who have been supporting us here because we've been very consistent about this. It's the kingship of Jesus Christ that the world needs, and we're going to continue to proclaim it till the last breath, Jess and I, I guarantee it. And I want to thank you for supporting us by you know, going to vmpr.org. And don't forget, um, we've got Father Charles Miller on Mondays here on, v- on the Terry and Jesse show. Keep that in mind. 27 seconds, good, because I don't have a clock. Okay, and just one last thing, and that is we want to continue to help people meet Jesus Christ right on the streets. You be that You be that link to someone. May God richly bless you and your church.